Hello and welcome to the Garbanzo Beancast episode 32. We are looking like this is going to be a bi-weekly podcast, which actually isn't that big of a deal because number one, there's a million podcasts going on right now, and number two, it seems that the media grading is just not happening anymore, and I'm not sure why. Um... But yeah, uh, because it's been such a long time since I've done a podcast, I have gotten quite a few questions in, which is good and bad because good because I get to pad out my time a little bit. Bad because I'm probably going to go over an hour to answer all these questions. I'm going to try to be as thorough as I possibly can. Not sure how well that's going to go. But we uh, might as well take a look-see and uh, just start asking, answering questions because there's like, not a lot to talk about. Um, I guess I'll just make one quick comment. Um, Western Conference is looking very interesting because um, I know there's a question about this already, but L.A. is like not having the season I was anticipating. I was expecting them to be a lot better. I put them on the over in the... Casino, I think it was 20.5 was the over-under, and I put them in the over, so I had them winning 21 games, and they're on pace to not hit that. I think they'll hit, like, I think they're at, on pace for, like, 20 wins or something like that. But even with their pretty awful record, they're 8-8-5 eight, eight, at this current point, they are in a playoff spot, and they m- could even theoretically win the division and finish at second overall because right now the division is just shitty southwest is a is just a fucking dumpster fire um and i'll try to go into this more in detail um later on but just putting that out there so i'm not sure what to think of los angeles at this point because we're just not a good team on the sim and i don't know if that's because um wassey's not able to find the right um line combinations that'll work not saying he's not doing a good job but just like he's just hasn't found that magic chemistry or if it's just that Simon T is just fucking over LA this season I don't know because I do think that LA was poised to take a step forward and by step forward I meant like players were going to be doing a lot better than they were individually right now it's just Max Malden and that's it but for some reason that the team's the team's able to eke out really close wins but their goals against their goals for goals against differential is second last in the Western Conference, which is is strange, and I, I don't know exactly what to think of that. I mean, that seems like a very Simon T thing to happen. But like I said, I'll get into that in 
a little bit here, but let's get to the questions because I have a shit ton of questions. This is the most questions I've ever had to ask ever, which I'm just going to assume it's just because I'm, I'm super popular, not because I've been out of it for a couple of weeks and it seems like we're at this high point in podcasting activity, which means that everybody's asking everybody questions and I've seen a few questions that I've noticed on other podcasts, so there's a lot of people just kind of making the rounds, which is good because that means it gives other people something to talk about. Actually, now that I think about it, before I get into podcasts, or not podcasts, into questions, I made a mention of this in the podcasting Discord. And if you're not, if you're a podcaster and you are not in the Discord, just send me or anybody else who's done a podcast a request for it, and we'll get you in because right now it kind of feels like it's all the quote-unquote OG podcasters that are a part of it, and I'd love to get some kind of like new blood to kind of be like, hey, you know, let's talk podcasting, and like, what am I doing wrong? What do you guys do? Like, let's talk this and this and what subjects, yada, yada, yada. It'd be great, and I I feel like I don't spend that much attention on it because it's a lot of inside jokes in the Discord, and I'd love to get some more just regular discussions. Um... But there's that. <sighs> so, at this point, let's just get to the questions, and I will try to tackle every single topic that I can. This might be one of those really long ones that you see on the big slap or all the time. Oh, also, um, future congratulations to the big slappy hour for breaking the record for most podcasts. In SHL history, they are about to break Gifter of Bikes's record of 155 podcasts. They, they, they just tied it with their most recent Big Slappy Hour podcast. Uh, where is it? I, I think I com- I listened to it. I don't know if I commented on it. Uh, wait. They literally just did one, did they not? I guess they're they're two away from the record. There was a 156. I swear to God, there was. Slappy, did you delete it or something? Like, what the hell happened here? It wasn't graded. Okay, I guess I just misread it. They're two away from the record. So, um, Gifter of Bikes had 156, I guess. So they're they're one away from tying it, which they're going to be recording tonight. And then. The week after that, they're going, or whatever else, they're going to break it. So, either way, um, as they're recording, or they recorded already, um, congrats on tying the record, and congrats in advance for breaking the record. That is a, a fantastic podcast, and I'm glad that you guys are able to keep recording together, because you guys have really good chemistry, and it's probably the best two-man podcast that I've ever listened to in the SHL. Like I've heard a lot of like two man podcasts where guys like, you know, feed off each other, but you guys just have a natural chemistry that's incredible and I'm I'm very happy that I have been able to listen to your podcast and hear you guys talk about all these kinds of things and I hope you guys continue. I hope you guys break 200. That'd be fantastic. So good on you guys. Um and even though you guys like to go well over an hour, I'm glad that you guys do that because you guys are <clears throat> an awesome podcast to listen to. So, um, good on you guys. Um, and congrats on, on breaking the record. Uh, if it was going to be any podcast, I'm glad it was the big slappy hour. Um, so, 
fix that. So, anyways, um, going into the questions now, we have Spartan Gibbles who asks about the Western Conference in his first question. The Western Conference is shaping up to become a Thunderdome of teams in the coming seasons. Who do you think is going to take the West this season? This is late. Um, I think Calgary has basically locked it in. Unless somebody below them just goes nuts, Calgary is going to take the West. And depending on how things go, they might take the President's Trophy and... I don't know between them and New England or even West Kendall is going to take it, but um, props to New England, the Wolfpack, for having a huge come up. I mean, I don't even know what their standing was last season, but uh, I gotta think they were way. Yeah, they were 26 and 22, and they were out of the playoffs. I don't know if I put New England as an under on their over-under. I don't remember what their over-under was, but they're just shattering expectations. I don't know if that's deserved or if they're a flash in the pan, but, you know, good for them. But, yeah, Calgary, I mean, give them, give them all the credit. They're doing fantastic with their rebuild. I mean, made the, the Challenge Cup Finals two seasons ago. Last season they made the playoffs and won a, won a round against Edmonton. I think it was a, um, a wild-card round, but still... I mean, they're they're a team that just is always on the cusp of of making a deep run, and they are just a contender every single season. So I I would say that they're definitely the front runner for winning the Western Conference at this point. With sixteen four and one, their goal differential is third in the league. I mean, it's 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 interesting to see this season because there's not a lot of seems like there's not much parity in the regular season right now. We have three teams in double digits for goals against goals for goals against differential, and every single one of the teams has a goal differential of twenty or higher, which is that's very interesting to me. I don't know if we've we've really seen that in recent memory. I mean, if you look at last season, you had one, two, three, four, five, six teams with a positive goal differential of two digits. Now there was a team, the highest team was 38, the lowest team was 11. So there's a little bit of a variation there. And then you had a, I mean, no teams with, or one team with a single digit positive goal differentials. And right now we have three teams with a double digit positive goal differential and then one, two, three, four, five with a single digit. And like I said, nobody with t- between 10 and 19 in the positives. So that's an interesting thing that I'm just noticing, and I'm not, I'm not sure what that means for the season. It seems like New England, West Kendall, and Calgary are just running away with all the wins, and they're the ones who are dominating right now. So whoever's betting on any of those three, it's looking pretty good for one of those three to win the Cup, assuming that the regular season success continues out of the playoffs. Now, as far as the rest of the Western Conference, since I already kind of wrote everybody off, except for Calgary, as winning the West, the biggest thing that I'm noticing is, like, the Southwest Division is just garbage. In the Northwest, you have 
Calgary, Minnesota, Edmonton, and Winnipeg with 33, 23, 21, and 20. So second in the Northwest is kind of up for grabs. But first in the Southwest is just anybody has it, can have it. New Orleans has it, and they think they've had it for most of the season now. But they haven't pulled away from anybody. Los Angeles, if they have one more win compared to New Orleans, they'll pull ahead immediately. That's all it takes. Which is kind of nuts. Because they're a minus 12 goal differential. They're one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They're tied for the second worst offensive team. But for some reason, they're just eking out wins. I don't even know how it's happening. I I would want to say it's because Catalini is the greatest defensive center in the history of the league. But... I mean, nobody's going to agree with me on that one. But, yeah, it's just weird to see. I mean, Texas is only two points behind Los Angeles. And then San Francisco, they get a good streak going, and they're right in the hunt again. They're, they have 18 points, so they're four behind of New Orleans. I mean, that's incredibly crazy how collectively they're not – none of them are very good, but they all have a potential to have a home ice advantage in the playoffs. So, who knows what goes on. I mean, I think, <clears throat> based on that, if you're doing playoff predictions, I wouldn't vote for anybody in the Southwest to win the Cup at this point. I think whoever wins the wild card, if they're in the Southwest, they're going to have a good chance to move on, even if they're still fewer wins than any of the teams in the Southwest. I don't know. But, uh... Anyways, uh, Gibbles asks again, if you had to relocate one SHL team, who would it be and where would you send them? <clears throat> so, I've listened to a couple podcasts that I think have answered this exact question. At least one of them has mentioned Winnipeg, and I'm going to put bring up Winnipeg also. And the only reason is because Winnipeg is based on an NHL team. And I know that when Leafs made the team, Winnipeg was not a team. It was the Atlanta Thrashers. It was before they moved to Winnipeg. But still, at some point, you got to think that fewer and fewer people are going to understand that trivia because Leafs is... Is Leafs even a part of the league anymore other than just in a, I'm still the owner and, you know, I still hang around? Like, does he have a player? I Like, let's look at the Jets, Jets roster. Because uh, I remember his last player was relatively active, but I don't even know if Leafs is in the league anymore. Other than an, an ownership capacity where he has say in basically every single decision because he's the guy who started this thing and he's a legend. And I know it's never going to happen because that's Leafs' baby and Leafs would never accept any kind of relocation. If they even was able to do it behind his back, he would be like, oh no, it's back to Winnipeg or else I'm shutting the site down. And not saying that like he'd be wrong to do that. I mean, it's, it's Leafs. He started the league. He can do almost whatever the hell he wants with it as long as he doesn't shut the league down and, like, you know, have ridiculous expectations. Um, but if I could, I would probably relocate that team. Where I'd send them is somewhere close. I mean, Edmonton and Calgary already are around, so you can't just throw them in Alberta. I mean, I don't even know, like... What's a close place to Winnipeg that I could think of putting that team there? They'd be at least close, and maybe you name them not the Jets, but something different. 
I mean, maybe just name them like the Manitoba, like Spitfires or something like that. Like something that's like they're in the same area. They are still based in Winnipeg, and they're also named after a plane. But maybe the Spitfires or the something else, like the Sidewinders or something like that, is based on around a plane to where at least you keep the jets, like the jets concept or the jets uh, spirit alive, but rename it so people are like oh yeah that's the nhl team what the hell are you have it named as that for you know i mean i don't know now other than that i mean maybe the specters my biggest issue with the specters is the 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 shade of purple light i'm not a fan of um you don't hate really any of the locations so there's nowhere i'd really want to like relocate i like buffalo i like chicago maybe chicago moves somewhere else that's a little bit less well known that's a big city i don't like I don't necessarily like having a lot of the big cities that have NHL teams having SHL teams. I'd like us to branch out a little bit more than that, but I don't know. There's not really anybody that's jumping out to me. Um, I would, in the SMJHL, like to move the Anchorage Armada, or what team was it? I don't even know anymore. I think it's the Anchorage Armada. Yeah, I'd like to relocate them to Prince George, back to the Firebirds, which was the original team. I don't know why they relocated them in the first place, but I don't know. And then uh, his last question is favorite ice cream flavor. I actually answered this once before, I think. You might have actually asked this question already. Um, In the Michigan area, there is a flavor called Mackinac Island Fudge. It is based around an island. If you look it up, you'll realize right away. The Mackinac Island is a big tourist destination. It is in a little island that is right in... um, It's like right off of Mackinac City. It's um, at the very northwestern like point of Lake Huron. And um, there's actually another island that's like, way bigger, but it's not um, used for tourists. I think it's actually like a small town that has a, an airport and everything. But um, for some reason, like because people love Mackinac Island so much, they uh, made an ice cream out of it. Which is, like I think, vanilla ice cream, caramel, fudge, and then there's... Uh, uh, something else involved in it, but it, it's such a good ice cream. And every single time I go up north of Michigan to the uh, northern point of the Lower Peninsula, it's they, they have it everywhere, and I always get it like at least once when I'm on the vacation. So it's fantastic. And if, if you have anything that's like similar to that, if you look at like Mackinac Island Fudge like substitute or Mackinac Island Fudge name in other regions, I'm sure there. I'm sure other regions have developed some ice cream flavor that's the exact same as that or maybe at Mackinac Island Fudge is based around something else I don't know but um, that's my favorite so um, Spartan thank you for the questions I know you have another one um, later on but thank you for these questions in particular uh, so we have Jay Cortese he asks I'm making the podcast rounds with two questions this week first let's talk barbecue sauce if you're going to grill some chicken or ribs what's your favorite flavor Kansas City Memphis Carolina Red Carolina Gold just name a few of course I defer to the missus on that because she is the barbecue nut of the family and she would know better than me and she's the one who normally like knows how to cook barbecue better than I do. She's from the south. She's cooked every single kind of barbecue there is and I mean we get Sweet Baby Ray's um, it's normally some kind of hickory smoked type of barbecue flavor. I think uh, Wesley mentioned some kind of like dry rub that he puts on his ribs and stuff and I think I had dry rub for the first time 
like last year and it was it was fantastic normally i just you know get some kind of sauce and just slather whatever on it um i'm not big on spite on like really uh high heat so anything that's got a good taste but doesn't really burn my mouth too much is is okay in my book personally and then secondly let's say the shl is having a huge shakeup and as a result you have to get traded somewhere else where are your current top three destinations in the shl to go and what are the three you'd really like to avoid I actually thought about the ones that I'd go to. <clears throat> the first one is Minnesota, because that was where my first player was drafted, and I'd love to go back at some point. I also think that they need some help because of the last trade they made is going to really hurt their ability to rebuild. And I, if somebody like Cantalini, who's young and really hasn't hit a stride yet, would be a great addition, theoretically. Um... So that's kind of self-explanatory. Chicago is one of those teams that I think a lot of te- people wrote off because, well, New Orleans was able to, quote-unquote, win the expansion draft because they allowed the guys who were better at the time and better in the first few years, and Chicago was going long-term. They were looking for some long-term projects. I don't know if that necessarily worked, but that's a team that i really love to be a part of because I think Chicago is really the underdog between the two expansion teams currently. And I'd love to see them, you know, have some success, which they haven't seen just yet in their franchise history. And the third is another underdog expansion team that has not quite hit the success that they have. Um, That's the San Francisco Pride, who were originally the Portland Portland Admirals, and them and Buffalo came in at the same time. Buffalo has seen success. They've won two Challenge Cups, and San Francisco has not quite hit the level that they've been wanting to hit in It'd be great to be a part of that if they won their first one ever. Not to mention, I think San Francisco has a great color scheme and a great name. I was not happy when they rebranded and they had the Florida colors and basically the same jersey. I thought that was very derivative. And now that they've moved on to gold and purple, is it's fantastic. Because it's color royalty, you think of the pride, you think of like you know the King Lions. So I'm very happy to see that and I'd love to be a part of that team if I ever, you know, left LA for whatever reason, which as of right now, Wassy, if you're listening to listening, um, you don't have to worry about it too much. So, JK, thank you for the questions. Um, and now don't take that comment regarding Chicago and New Orleans as a knock on your team. I think you've done a great job of taking the roster that you drafted and making a competitive team out of it. And I hope you guys have some success. I'm just talking about the fact that you guys were not considered the underdog by any stretch of the imagination, and I like to root for the underdog a lot. Oh, crap, there was that other question. What teams would I like to avoid? Um, First one would probably be Calgary, and I know there's a couple guys, at least one guy from Calgary, who is listening to this. I don't hate Calgary, but... Calgary has a lot of success. They have a lot of guys who are very active and very vocal about their love for Calgary. And so I think Calgary has enough support to where, you know what, I'm not interested. At least as far as if I had to jump ship immediately. So maybe there's some time that I'd I'd be part of the team, but right now they get all the attention because they're a great team, and I really do not have any interest in a team that is a like the man on campus unless I was there for the major trials and tribulations so to speak 
or at least you know where I was there before they became a huge commodity. And also, it just wouldn't be fair. Formerly Cannellini on the Dragons right now would just be completely unfair. Second team would probably be Buffalo, because again, they're at the high point in their franchise right now, or at least a high point in their franchise, and I don't see any need to be a part of that, because do they really need me? And how much of a help would I really be, and how much would I feel like I'm contributing when I have all these teams that are just dominating? And the third team, I mean, I don't really have any issues with any of the other teams. I mean... Maybe Winnipeg because, again, I think their team name needs to change at some point. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it's just like on the Jets. Uh, but again, I don't. I wouldn't hate being on any of these teams, so it's kind of a hard question to answer. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't have an issue with any of these teams. It's just there's a couple teams that I think that Cantalini would be the least necessary on, and so I just feel myself not fitting in with any of those teams. But again, JK, thank you for the questions there. Really appreciated. And I'm enjoying your podcast. Keep them up. Also, you should probably bring the uh, the old intro back. I liked hearing the uh, my my intro in that with the, the rest of the podcast. Next up, we have my GM who never fails to give me questions, and I am grateful for that. What makes the best burger in your opinion? It's, I think it's all about the meat. The meat is the bread and butter of it, essentially. And as long as the meat is a, high, a decent quality and you cook it at a decent level, then you're good. Everything else after that, you know, the uh, the type of bun, the type of uh, condiments, it's really like, it's really your preference and I really can't fault anybody for having certain opinions on it. But you gotta make sure you cook it right. I mean, I grew up with a burger that was cooked like medium well to well done I basically got a charcoal burger and it was not good and they finally had like a burger that was cooked medium like legit medium and it was like holy crap I didn't realize how tender and succulent a burger tasted until this moment and I feel like I was robbed of my childhood before not being able to have that in my uh, my my memory essentially what about fries shoestring waffle crinkle etc i think every single fry needs to have a solid ratio of crunch to meat and i forget which podcast it was i'm not sure if it's the johnson and johnson podcast or the uh uh cortez's podcast but um the Joe cast, but um, I don't remember. Somebody mentioned that like, if you have too much of the, the just potato, then it doesn't really taste like a fry. It tastes like a baked potato or a fried potato. Um, I like waffle fries. I like crinkle fries. I like curly fries. I like shoestring fries. I like regular fries. I like steak fries. I mean, any kind of fry is really good. Um, I, pro- I would probably put steak fries at the bottom because again, there's a very high ratio, like low ratio of crunch to potato meat by potato meat i mean like potato that's like cooked but not it's tastes like a potato like it's the inside of a baked potato essentially when you're going for a fry you're looking for that crunch you're looking for that crunchy taste um and yeah i'm somebody who's not that much of a food connoisseur so there's like really 
when it comes to fries, if you give me something that tastes like a decent set of fries, then I'm good with it. Um, and it really depends on the situation. Depends on the uh, the restaurant. Some restaurants should be doing different types of fries when they should be when they have other types of fries. I mean, it's just you know depends on again the situation. Um, and then he asks. You might have done this before, but oh well, rank the SHL logos. So I'm going to be biased. I would say Los Angeles Panthers logo is so fucking good, man. I mean, I, I've always liked the logo, and I've always been... I've always liked the Panthers just because their logo has always been so good. I mean, it's just a great use of color, great use of, of shapes in every single like use of... Oh, what the heck is it? Um, was it light space and dark? What the fuck is it? Like something space. I I can't even recall, but it's just it does every use every uses every single color and shape incredibly efficiently, and it tells you exactly what you need to know. Um, to a great degree, so I put that probably at the top. Um. Uh, there's a lot of great logos. Um, <clears throat> I'd probably put Edmonton's at second. I think the wolf head, the way they did it, again, the use of color, the use of negative negative space, Jesus Christ, is really well done. Um, the gradient between the light blue and the darker blue is, is really well um, used, so I, I think that was a fantastic um, job by them. San Francisco, I think would put I'd put three. Um, the lion head is worked well with the the red and blue, and still works well with the the gold and, and purple. From there, I mean Manhattan's is a really really good logo, so I put them at four. Uh, I'd probably put. I think Buffalo actually does a good job incorporating a circle logo, but not seeming like it's a circle logo, like just a logo in a circle, because they use the line line work and the fact that the Buffalo head is just a series of lines, just like the rest of the border of it. So there's not they're not trying to put just like a picture in a logo, like a lot of other logos do. And I think after that, I put Minnesota's next. I think Minnesota's is a bit derivative of the Chicago Blackhawks logo, but they were able to differentiate it enough to where you're like, you understand that it's a Chicago Blackhawks facsimile, but not enough to where you're like, oh, that's just a copy. It's more like they took that concept of a Native American side profile and made it their own, which is, is really, really well done. After that, I actually like the New England Wolfpack logo. I don't hate it. I'd probably put that next. Um, it does a, a few things well that I think um, are underrated from a lot of people. And then after that, I'd probably put Hamilton because it does a very similar thing, just in a different, a slightly different way. Jeez, um, where are we at? We had one, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight. So we're at nine. So the ninth one would probably be 
Tampa Bay, because again, does a lot of that similar to the, the first, the other two that I just recently mentioned. And then um, 10, West Kendall, I think. At least with that, they, they take the, the circle logo and they incorporate some, some shapes. It's a little bit more, and I think the eagle is really well done, and it, it comes off as like the platoon, the patriot, like a like almost like a New England Patriots kind of vibe. Um, Eleven. Uh, now it's getting difficult. Wait, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so eleven. Um, the Spectres. I think the Spectres have a really solid logo design but I just I think maybe because the, the Spectre's name just punches out too much and the rest of the logo just kind of like fades in the background when you look at it in comparatively and again the use of purple at least that that color purple doesn't I don't know doesn't jive with me personally and I, I, I'm just not seeing I don't know just there's just a couple tweaks and maybe but it just I think it's close, though. I mean, it could vault itself up to, like, the top five, theoretically. And maybe if that's just my personal my personal preference. I'm just kind of missing, you know, the, the real art in it. I'm not an expert on that. Um, from there, I would say Winnipeg does a good job. I mean, it's a good way of acknowledging the, the Jets concept, but also moving away from it enough to where it's like hey we're, we're we're trying to make our own identity here within that same name same color scheme so i give them credit for doing a good job of breaking away from that with the logo even if it's it's a little bit busy i think uh, i don't know i think let's just see here because now i gotta look at these a couple a bit more closely yeah i think toronto comes off next because at least they're not trying to do too much with it. I think it's still like, oh yeah, this you know that this the, the tower. I forgot what the building's name is. It's Toronto, and I think using that is a little bit meh. But um, at least it does a decent job. I think of all the circle logos, it's probably the worst, but it's not too bad. Um, so where are we at now? I think we got three more. We have Texas, Calgary, and Chicago. I guess I'd give Texas. Um, I'd probably go with Texas for the next one. They're the... Well, I don't even know what number we're on. Just because they at least did something unique. I think there's some issues with it. I don't know... I think it's like, oh yeah, hockey sticks means they're a hockey team. It's like, is that necessary? I think when you try to incorporate hockey imagery in your logo, it, it loses itself a little bit, unless it's very subtle. Like at least Tampa Bay, like the stick and mouth thing is like a, the fish is eating the stick, like it's on the ice. Texas is more like two hockey sticks or a hockey team. It's like, I don't know, It's you don't see footballs on many NFL logos, you know? It, I think that's what weakens that a little bit. I think if you had just, like, the cowboy with the, the bandana on the face, it might look a little bit simpler. You didn't have this, the Renegades word mark on it. It would look better. And from that, I think Calgary would be second to last. It's not a bad logo. It's not terrible. But it's it's lifted from another team, so it's, like, impossible for me to 
totally to miss that. It's like lifted off of not a team, but also a, there was like a toy that had that company name on it. And not to mention, there's almost like it's, it's almost like too busy. It's a little bit busy. So there's like a couple things missing from it. I think if they simplify the dragon, almost like the Predators did with their new logo from the old one, they'd do a lot better with it. And I think it vault up a lot in my books. And then Chicago, never been a fan of this logo. You have the word mark that has from like the, the Chicago skyline in it, which is like it's okay, but it's just too busy. And then the the, the businessman, it's like it's. Again, there's things that I like about it, but as a logo, I just think compared to the other ones, it just does not, it works the least. And I don't think it, it works well with the, the jersey scheme either. It's just, it it needs some work in my opinion. And I know I'm an asshole for it, but I don't know. So um, there are my logos. I think I, I mentioned all of them. If not, then sorry if I missed one. Um, the next question is, what are your thoughts on season 46, number one, and number two, requesting a trade out? It's, it's very strange, because I thought that drafting Pris where they did was weird at number two. I understand Nikolai Evans going number one. I just think that Pris going number two was a strange decision. And then hearing the podcast that I'll regret making, it was interesting to see, like, I don't... Like, and he wasn't... He was very vague, and I understand being very vague, but it's hard for me to, like, really judge, like, the situation... That, you know, I'm not going to resign unless, as long as X is the case, which is unlikely to change. So I get him having that opinion. It's just it's just weird that they decided that to make that trade and that it happened. It's just, it's just crazy to me because it seems like when you do number one and number two and you both draft two people who are very, very familiar with each other. I think Zach had mentioned, like, Pris is, like, his best friend, I'm sure... Um, Zach is Priz's best friend as well um, on the site. It, it just it's it's crazy to me. Um, but at least getting Zach's side of the story, I understand it. Like maybe there was just a little bit of an issue with the way things were done in the Discord between everybody. Maybe it was a miscommunication. Maybe it wasn't. But I can understand not wanting to like not feeling welcome and not wanting to be really a part of that. And I think the return was weak. I think not the return was weak. The return was ridiculous. I think. Tampa Bay giving up what they did, three Reddit picks, and a high-earning prospect who is an, a long-term member who has a Hall of Fame goaltender. Like, I, It's very strange to me. I'm not sure exactly uh, what led up to that to where like they really let it get to where something be let out in Discord causing that to happen. I, I, I don't know. It, it's a. It's a. I don't know. It's a. I'm very confused by the whole situation. I think I've just made myself look like a very not smart person. I've had a drink. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, I missed a question from Wassy. I apologize. Can't forget dipping sauces. What are your go-to's for everyone's favorite dipping foods? Fries, nuggets, wings, chips. Um, fries. I I like ketchup. Lately, I've been having just fries with nothing. Um, nuggets, ketchup again. I don't really do, like, honey barbecue or anything like that or honey mustard. It's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm a simple guy. I'm a, I'm a child at heart. Wings is any kind of barbecue sauce that's not terribly hot. Honey barbecue is a big one for me um, because it's it's very, it's a white, it's a basic bitch barbecue sauce, in my opinion. Now, as far as chips, I like... Um, French onion dip. I like hummus. I like 
Um, various different types of dips. When it comes to chips, there's a lot of dips that I enjoy, and it depends on the chip, depends on the situation. I, I could go hours with that, and I can't even begin to figure out all the chips and all the dips that I would need to completely finish that that uh, favorite list. Now here's the interesting one from Wasty. How confident you'll be the greatest how confident are you that you'll be the greatest number 10 pick ever in the history of SHL drafts and will be known as the greatest steal in one of the deepest drafts? I wouldn't say that I would be the greatest steal. I think there's players who have been Hall of Famers who have been drafted in the second or third rounds. I mean the season 20 drafted a lot of steals in that respect. Um, but as far as the number 10, I think it's wide open. There's a few guys who I really have to get my game up to consider myself better than. First one would probably be uh, Liam Kinsler, season 19, number 10 overall. He played 858 games, and he was a staple of the Texas Renegades. I, mean, I think he was a captain for many years and won them a few cups, and he was like a legend in Texas. He was such a legend that when he wasn't admitted to the Hall of Fame a couple of years, I mean, people in Texas were just lining up to defend him, and it's, it's crazy to be loved by a team that much to where guys are going to the bat for you constantly. I think, I mean, other than that, you got Luke Fleming, who I believe is a Hall of Famer. You have Ludwig Koch-Stroder, who is not retired yet, but he's definitely a contender for the Hall of Fame. He has 612 points as a defenseman. I mean, that's pretty insane. Um, other than that, you got Pavel Bursuk, who has 400 points. Um, I mean, there's a few guys who I might be missing here. I mean, it's 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 definitely up in the air. I definitely have a, an opportunity to be the best number 10 overall pick, but it's going to take some work. This could, could be worse, I guess, <laughs> in that respect. And thank you for making me go through all the number 10 picks in the history of the SHL and having to see which ones I stack up with and who I might be able to, to pass. That was a lot of work. <clears throat> Um, also, what are your thoughts on how late the awards were announced? I, I'm not... It's hard for me to, to judge unless I get a like response from the person who runs the committee. I mean, I've done the Top 100 forever and had to hound people to get their stuff in, and I always get it based on a certain time. I've done the All-Stars, had people come in on time. Hall of Fame, had people come in on time. Always on time, and it's I'm not sure... I feel like you got to try or not try at all to let that happen. And I think if you're running it, you got to understand that you might have to babysit some guys. You got to just be like, "Hey, where's my where's my ballot? Like what the hell's going on?" Because it was like a month basically between the end of playoffs and the start of the regular season where you could have had this all straightened out and you didn't. And it's a little frustrating. Almost as frustrating as the media creators not creating media. I don't know what's going on with that. Tell us one thing that really grinds your gears in everyday life, i.e. traffic or when somebody wears a jersey to a hockey game that isn't playing in the game. I don't mind it. The one thing I'll say, I don't mind it when somebody wears a jersey and their team's not playing. It's like, it's 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 weird, but it's like, eh, whatever. They, they paid for the jersey. They can wear it whenever they want. As far as grinding gears, people who either cut in line or try to like merge into your lane when you're keeping a safe distance when you're driving and just don't acknowledge what they're doing. People just there's a lot of people in life who just seem to have no understanding of what their actions do to the people around them, even on a, on a minuscule level. And it, it's it's incredibly frustrating as somebody who tries to acknowledge when I've done something wrong and. I'm very hypersensitive to the fact that I might be might have done something wrong to somebody else in some point in time. And so that's a little frustrating to me to, to see people kind of do that without any regard for other human beings. So that's probably my biggest thing. Because that, that leads into major things where they raise children or they, they, tr- they are in a position where they teach other people how to act properly and they teach them the wrong things. 
And I think if people were a little bit more cognizant of the way they treat others, then we'd be living in a much better world. And that's the biggest thing. Like people talk about how like, people get triggered all the time, but the big thing is is like just don't be an asshole. Like just think about what your actions might do to other people, even on a small level. And if it takes like one extra second out of your day to to be nice, just even when you might think that there's no risk of being mean, just you know, hey, like just try to be a little bit extra nice, just because. Because I think we would all like it when other people are extra nice to us for no reason. It'd make us feel good. And don't we want to make other people feel good so that it gets passed forward and then maybe they'll make us good or somebody else will make us feel good in the future? That's one thing that's kind of missing in, in everyday life is like a lot of people like to just be complete assholes because eh, it's either they don't care or they find it funny or something else or they just don't have time to, to, be, to be decent people. Um, but Wasty, thank you for the questions. Uh, Bonk asks, who is the greatest defenseman in NHL history? NHL history? Bobby Orr. I mean, that's not even a question. Did you mean NHL or did you mean SHL? In NHL, it's it's Bobby Orr, without a question. I don't I don't despite the fact that he only played like what nine seasons, he was he revolutionized the game. He dominated, he won Hart trophies, he won Stevens trophies, he was a guy who just completely changed the way that people acknowledge defensemen. Because before then you had guy defenseman was you defend your net, you make sure the other team does not score, you try to play defensively. Bobby Orr played defensively. But the thing is is that he was so good with the puck, he didn't really have to play defensively. He could move up the ice and get right back into position without a, without a care in the world. He was so smooth. He was so good. He dominated so well. And it's a damn shame that injuries derailed his career and he couldn't have like a long, healthy career like Wayne Gretzky. I mean, he's in the, the top four for a reason. Him, Howe, Gretzky, and Lemieux are in the top four for a reason. They revolutionized the game. And Bobby Orr is the only defenseman in that group for a reason. And there should be no question about that. And Bonk, if you have a question about that, you mute, you meet me in Houston, Texas, in the University of Houston, I will be the shit. It's just there's 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 no question on that one. Um, as far as SH, if you know, I'm just gonna jump onto the SHL just because because I know Garbanzo has been talked a lot by myself for being a one of the greatest defensemen ever. I will say that Garbanzo is not the greatest defenseman. If we're talking about overall contributions. I would say Chris Partlow maintains that title. He has 10 nominations for the Stevens, just like me. He also has a um, three Challenge Cups. He has a uh, two Anton Razov nominations. I swear to God, I thought he won one. But he was a playoff monster. He's, a, he's probably the biggest reason why Texas was so successful, especially in Season 21 and Season 20. I mean, he was just a monster out there. And I think if we had all-star teams from when he started, he would have more all-star t- team selections at this point. So there's that. Uh, then he asks, if you're forced to play for one team in the East, what team would it be? I can give you that immediately. I would play for the... I don't know. I'd play for the West Kendall Platoon. I think I think Bojo's great. I think JR is a fantastic coach who is probably a Hall of Famer at this point now. The way he's just taken over the team and used... Bojo's uh, goaltender to his best. I mean, fantastic. Uh, considering you said I smelled for no particular reason at all, I have to ask, why are you such a putz? 
Uh, just born with it. Maybe I'm born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. But Bonk, thank you for the questions. Looking forward to your next Big Slappy Hour, and good luck on your poker game. I know it's probably over, but whatever. Now on to JT3, another uh, Los Angeles teammate. Do you think you'll break 2K TPE, and how high do you think you can get? I think 2K is pretty easily manageable with the way that we have TPE these days and the fact that I'm not planning on going inactive at any point in time. Uh, I think I can probably get close to 2100. I've missed a couple um, TP opportunities, but I think that at this point 2100 is, is, is plenty attainable. It's possible to get there. Um, how is your fantasy group going? Uh, not great. Right now I am fifth. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm sixth among eight fantasy guys. My team is just garbage right now. If we look at my players, um, it's just it's just it's so bad. The biggest guy that's really killing me is uh, Carson Kadinger. Kadinger. Um, who actually dropped for Harvey Danger, who's doing a lot better. Um, but it's not quite getting me to where I want. Um, Lil Manius has not had the season I was expecting. So, Bonk, thank you for having a uh, terrible fantasy player. I'm just kidding. Um, and then I'd probably say that the last one is Nicky Peterson, Peterson Jr., who's the second lowest among guys. And then Winnipeg is... They're, they're, goaltenders aren't exactly doing all that great. Like, yeah, Winnipeg's just, their goaltending is, is horrendous at this point in time. So, no, it's not going great. Uh, and this is why I kind of hate fantasy, because I always, like, get excited about the players that I got, and then I just always, they fail me. And then JT asks, if you could have any job in the world, what would you do? I'd love to get into to NHL scouting. Not NHL scouting, like pro scouting, but like amateur scouting. I'd, I'd love to be part of that process. Not even as like a major scout, but like somebody who like does the the, the work day in and day out, takes the the flights, goes on bus rides, and and takes a look at these these younger players and sees what you know talents that they have and how to relay that to uh, you know scout headeds and, and stuff like that. I think that'd be a fantastic thing to do and, and be getting me involved in more in the, the hockey game which would be fantastic. I mean, I, I have no idea how someone gets into that who's not a part of, like, major hockey circles, but I think that'd be probably my favorite thing to do. Um, JT3, thank you for the questions. Spartan Gibbles asks, again, why is the Minnesota Discord icon the best thing in the SHL? So, for those of you who don't, you who don't know, I made a slightly serious, slightly not post about rebranding the Minnesota Chiefs to the Minnesota Chefs, taking the current Minnesota Chiefs logo and then tweaking it to where it would be actually like a person's with a chef hat, person with a chef's hat on and a Italian mustache. And they decided to take the actual Minnesota Chiefs logo, put a mustache on it and put an Italian hat on it and that was it and now that's the icon for the team. And it's called the Mayo Soda Mayo Soda Chefs. And it is the best thing in the SHL because it just is. And I think if you disagree with that, then you are silly and you should get your head checked because it is the best thing in the SHL. Then he asks, LEP has not had the season most expected out of the gate. Do you see them making the playoffs this season? I think that if they get their act together, they will make the playoffs. 
I don't know if that's the case. I think it's a 50-50 shot because the division, like I said, is kind of garbage. But they could absolutely make the playoffs. I don't know if they will, but they could, for sure. Thank you, Gibbles, for the second round of questions. Slappy asks, with McSee running the lines in many of these days, are Gabonzo's single-season records going to be threatened? Will God and McZerl string together a few Steven seasons in a row? I think with uh, I'll answer the second question first. I think that the Stevens is is very difficult to win now because there's so many top tier defensemen in the league, and they're all competing with each other. And so to have a string like Garbanzo did is just it's not likely to happen. And it's not because Garbanzo was great; it's because Garbanzo was a great player in an era of the league where there was not nearly as many competitive players as there are now. Like, if you go back, you probably could, like, if you tried to get to the same talent disparity that we had between teams in season 27 when Garbanzo won his first, I think you'd have to, like, legit, uh, like, you would have to probably expand at least two more teams, maybe. I mean, I don't even know. Um, but yes, to have God McZerl, like, do that well, I think it'd be, uh, I think it'd it'd be difficult. Now, as far as my single season records, I don't have a lot. If you look at my single season records, I have like three. I have have the league, or I have the Chiefs lead in PIMS and block shots. And that's it. I'm second in assists, fourth in assists, and sixth in assists. So that's possible to be broken. I think PIMS is going to be hard because my PIM count is, is 144, and that's kind of a hard I think even now it's it's hard to do that especially since guys don't play nearly as much as I used to um and block shots 110 is a bit it's possible but I don't think um McZee tweaking the lines is really going to be the factor and again I got those pims in season 33 I don't even know if we had the the line uh mandate that we used to have so I mean there's that so I'm not I'm not really worried. And if somebody breaks it, I think that'd be great. I don't think it's because it's McZee running the lines. Um, and I don't think he's going to win multiple seasons in, a, seasons in a row because it's just hard with Simon T and the number of competitive players there are, like I said. <clears throat> and Slappy asks, how are you settling into married life? It's been a while now. Does the relationship feel different at all than it did before? Not really. Uh, like I said, I think I said a few podcasts ago, and I'm sure you don't remember, but I uh, we, were, we were living together for a while before we got married, and we've known each other for almost a decade now. So things like this, are, like the way we live together is, hasn't really changed. It's just, it's old hat. I think it'll change once we, we start a family, and that'll be something that we really have to uh, get used to each other, because I think at some point we're going to get sick of each other. We're going to want to just be like away from everything once we're dealing with kids. But um, until that time, it's just, it's just kind of the, the same thing as it has ever been. But uh, Slappy, thank you very much for the questions. Uh, Westy asked one more question. This is more of like a rib at me. Um, when's the LAP captain's article coming? I will do it uh, early this week, if not tomorrow, which is Sunday. So if Sunday, if not Sunday, then it'll be early in the the week. I apologize for not getting that. I know you have graphics and stuff. I I just completely spaced on it. I've been super busy lately. Um, but again, thank you for the question. <clears throat> um, Infidel is some questions. He is my biggest fan. How long do you think you'll keep a current player? I'm honestly going to try to get as close as I can to the 500 goal mark, and if I can't get there, I'll get as close as I can realistically. But once uh, Cantalini stops being competitive, and he, I'm probably going to do a 20-point rule at the, at the deadline like I did with Garbanzo, 
that'll probably be when I stop my player. If if I get close to the 500 goal mark, I'm, if I am not close to the 500 goal mark, I'm going to try to stretch it out a little bit longer, and maybe I'll have a really good season to where I get close. Um, but that's kind of my goal with the, with Cantillini. Um, do you think fighting regression is a problem, i.e. less new creates? I plan to mildly fight it, but not go crazy. No, I think the the new regression system is 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 fine. It allows you to stick with your player for a long time if necessary, but not too long to where you can com- continually be a good uh, player and be competitive. I mean, Enrique didn't like probably lasted a little bit longer than he should have, but I mean, you saw his player like it went down. He was not going to be getting like a lot of points where he really expand on that lead with the the scoring the career scoring and that's like a, a drastic case i don't think many people are going to even try to do that these days so i think it's fine and your last question was the team is a surprise to you most so far in the standings i'm probably most surprised at calgary for doing as well as they have like not because i wasn't expecting them to do well but i just think that them being tops in the league potentially and tops in the west was not something I anticipated, and then also the New England Wolfpack doing as well as they did. I probably should have seen it coming. I'm sure they got a lot of new players, but they're they're doing fantastic, and I, I give them a lot of credit for what they've done. But, um, Invidel, thank you very much for the questions. And then we have Rich. I wanted to ask a similar question to the one you asked us regarding the Hall of Fame class, but I thought maybe you wouldn't be able to answer it since you're on the committee, so is that something you'd be able to answer? Oh, Jesus, go back to it. For those of you who don't know, I asked Rich and Adam a question regarding the Hall of Fame. And now let's get back to it, because I know apparently they recently released theirs, and it's like it's named after me because I asked like a million questions. So the following players will be added to the Hall of Fame ballot next offseason. We have Narawazi, Toivo Kosinen, Xander Green, Jonathan Lundberg, and Ace Redding. Do you think any of these players will be Hall of Fame guys? Do you think any of them will be first ballot guys? I think first ballot... Oh, jeez... Um, Norawozi, I think, without looking at the stats, I'm not going to look at the stats for this one because I'm, I'm running out of time here. Um, Norawozi and Ace Redding are probably the closest ones that I can think of. Um, Lundberg and Green are probably guys who have a shot at the Hall of Fame. But this is a group that I think is going to be, it's going to be, we're probably going to see two or three Hall of Fame guys out of this class. I'm not sure which of the group would be Hall of Fame guys offhand. So, yeah, uh, I have no idea. It's, it's one of those things where it's like if I look more in-depth, which I haven't been able to, um, I'd be able to answer better. Um, I'm curious to see what you guys think about because I'm sure you guys had a little bit more time together to, to hash it out. Maybe not, but I'll listen to it when I listen to it. Um, but thank you, Rich, for the questions, and thank you, everybody, for the questions. I got a lot of them here, and I got a lot to talk about, and hopefully you guys got the answers that you were looking for. Um, after this one, I'm going to relax for a bit, and then maybe I'll do some editing. But um, for those of you who took a listen to this and listened all the way through, appreciate it. And, you know, I'm going to try to do this more than just bi-weekly, but we'll see. Um, but until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.